everybody. Happy Sunday, or whatever day you're listening to this. Uh, this is the Bitch Seat Podcast. I'm Lissa. I'm Phil. And um, we're going to talk to uh, one of the most delightful creatures that I know in this city today. Uh, she's into hockey, apparently, I just learned today. Uh, her name is Jen Keefe, but we'll bring her in in a minute. Um, you're just going to have to sit there. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna suspend disbelief. It's that's the magic of radio, guys. You're gonna pretend that the it's only done. person in the room right now is me. It's over. It's over. Um, I I'm so excited because just before we uh, we came on the air here, I found this thing that I wrote in sixth grade that I thought I had lost, uh, and I have been looking for it for years, and it's really uh, pretty sick. Uh, uh, in true Lissa fashion, I have no idea where this came from, but uh, humor me, Phil. Sure. I'm gonna I'm gonna read this. Uh, it, it was from a like which a, which journal is this? It's not from a, it's it's again it's from this black and white composition <clears throat> notebook where like all the things that weren't you know daily uh, daily complaints and stories went to die. So like there's some school assignments, there's some poetry, there's some other stuff. It's a very unsung notebook. Wait, what's that? It's an, it just doesn't get its due. It doesn't have a name. I, it's true. Well, maybe we should name it now like posthumously sure but what is this thing that you thought you lost uh so i remember after school like once or twice a week in sixth grade uh a, a bunch of kids who were real nerdy uh, would hang out and write and just like do writing exercises and write fiction stuff and i'm pretty sure one of the english teachers was like our proctor or something or like a gamble a proctor or a gamble it was always a gamble what we never know what happens in sixth grade stays in sixth grade um but this is, this is, I don't know, it's, I called it chapter one, the ride. There was never another chapter after that. Uh, you'll see why. Okay. Anastasia took a deep breath. The aromas of a fair swirled around her. The sticky sweetness of cotton candy, the smoky burning smell of hamburgers, the crashing and clanking of the rides rang in her ears. Anastasia and Beth had gone to the annual fair in Chesterberry, there is no Chesterberry, but it sounds like a place that would exist in Connecticut. Everything seemed to be going on at once, and Anastasia was taking it all in. For the moment, she was entranced and in her own world. So captured by the brilliance of it, in fact, that it took her a while to notice that Beth was tugging on her shirt. Come on, Stasia, she whined. Let's go on the thunder loop. Anastasia finally came back to Earth and was dragged by Beth to the long line. She glanced up at the train of small, windowed cars that flew wildly over the thin metal roller coaster track. Though she didn't want to admit it to, to Daredevil Beth, Anastasia was a little nervous about going on the wild ride. But she clammed up because Beth wouldn't hear of missing one ride at that fair. As the line of cars slowed to a stop, Anastasia gulped nervously. Then she gave herself a pep talk and climbed into the tiny cube-like car. Well, here goes, she thought. She forced the horrible possibilities out of her mind. Anyway, what could go wrong? Da, da, da. That's not written. Okay. The ride started slowly, giving the passengers some time to get ready. Little by little, the train began to speed up. Anastasia's momentum built rapidly. Her long golden hair was swept off her neck with a forceful gust of wind. As they picked up speed, Anastasia felt her heart race. She glanced over to Beth, who had her hands in the air and was singing, yelling rather, the verses to her favorite song. Anastasia felt herself finally begin to let go of her every fear. She threw her head back and let the train carry her through her wildest dreams. Suddenly, there was a jolt, and Anastasia was knocked out of her fantasy. 
What was that? She asked Beth, caution creeping back and making her shiver. Probably just part of the ride. Beth had no intention of settling for a bad time. But Beth was wrong. To everyone's horror, the train began racing wild circles around the loop. Sparks flew off the metal of the track. Anastasia's heart jumped into her throat and she felt frantic tears forming in the corners of her eyes. Before she knew what was happening, the train, which was now at the top of the loop, flew off the track at over 100 miles per hour. Anastasia heard gasps and screams all over the fair. As the cars crashed to the ground, she felt a paralyzing pain shoot through her whole body. Everything was awkwardly focused, as if she were wearing a pair of thick-lensed binoculars. Anastasia could see every face, could hear every horrified scream. Suddenly, there was a blinding white light, and then everything went black. Oh, it looks like there was a chapter two, but it's different names. I have a feeling Anastasia died. So that was that. <laughs> that's what you chose to read. This, that's what you were... You were so excited. You thought you lost this. I did. I did. Well, because... I don't know. I really didn't write a lot about violence, but that was like a really specific thing. And I remember so clearly writing it. And I remember that sick fantasy about the train just flying off the track altogether. Was that something that you had for yourself? A fantasy of a... or, 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 I mean, I'm, I'm trying to figure it out. Because Chesterberry, you made up a town name because you hate Connecticut so much. It could just be any town. It, yeah, any town, Connecticut. This fair could be the Guilford Fair, which yeah. happened Anastasia every year. Anastasia could be Lissa. Except for her long golden hair. Well, you know? I mean, you're writing fiction. Uh, I don't know. I think that it was a way of uh, externalizing a really... Under the underpinning uh, panic within you? Yeah, well, yeah, which had to surface in a different way every day. But, I mean, it's not like this fear is gone. Like, did you ever have a fear like this? I've, I've had fears. I've, I definitely, um, yeah, I don't know. I just got so, uh, I was so spoiled with uh, Disney roller coasters. I didn't like going on old wooden ones. And Except uh, for Thunder Mountain. Uh, yeah, but that's that's a kid's old wooden. It's rickety on purpose. It's rickety on purpose. Like, they definitely put in the ricketiness. Uh, in post, like they definitely made it, <laughs> it was built to be rickety. The only thing is like when you go with sharp dips, I was always afraid I was going to hit my head or get decapitated every time because you know, well, right. But I mean, that's kind of why we go on these rides to experience this fear. And to be honest, I think that when I wrote this, I had yet to go on a roller coaster. Now, really? I, now I really enjoy them. Yeah. But like this kind of fear, I totally still have about airplanes. Literally every single time I go on an airplane, I'm like, well, all the things have lined up. This is when I'm going to go down. Every time. Because once you're up there, you can't, you're stuck. I mean, that's it. You're at the mercy of that machine. Yeah, I've, I've basically, uh, I understand. And I, uh, I'm with it. Like when, I, when I'm in an airplane, I'm okay with that. Because I already got there. Like there's nothing, nothing we could do at this point. So you'd be oh, well. fine with like just falling out of the sky and dying? No, but what other choice do I have? Somehow surviving? <sighs> Why? Happy Sunday, everybody. Happy- uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's dark. Yeah. Shit's bleak. What can I tell you? Politically, shit is fucking bleak. And also in the mind of a 12-year-old. Yeah. Well, but that's not a surprise. I mean, no. I was kind of a, a, a one-trick pony. I kind of <laughs> still am. <laughs> Oh my gosh. That's All right. So mean. You know what? We're going to break. We're going to. Well, but you know it's true. 
full, full disclosure, listeners, we may or may not have had a fight right before this podcast started. So uh, hopefully that's not going to be brought into the thing. Phil's embarrassed You, you literally just brought it in. I did. <laughs> I did because I need to clear the air or, or nothing can be accomplished. Fine. I need to unblock it. Good for you. You're, you're the... <laughs> Thanks, Kent. Thanks, Kent. You win because you brought it up. You made it. You made it real by putting it in in the podcast. So you win. Was anybody going to listen to it anyway? <laughs> All right. I'm so sorry. Um, because I'm 33 years old and I'm supposed to be grown up and done with all of these fears. But I'm not. They're still here. Uh, Jen's like biting her fingers. I know. She, she really wants all right, to talk. All right, guys. So, so, so our friend Jen Keefe, we just shot um, actually uh, a short uh, tongue-in-cheek vampire movie that our friend Amanda Goodman wrote called uh, You Only Die Once. So keep an eye out for that. Jen is a hilarious actor and comedian. Um, she's got a video that you may have seen flying around the internet called Like Mariah. Definitely check it out. Um, let's welcome to the show Jen Keefe. Crystal meth. Crystal meth. Crystal Yo, Jen. Hey, Lissa. What's hey, up? Phil. Are you intimidated hey. already? <laughs> no, no. I'm glad you guys have found, you know, you've overcome a barrier of difference to at least be at this table together <laughs> right now. It's inspiring. You can you can be our therapist. I'd love to. I think you'd actually be great at that. I think I'm pretty good. Yeah. I'm pretty good at listening to people and giving advice, I think. But if you think that about yourself, I think that automatically means you're not good at it. Exactly. If you think <laughs> so you're a nice mind. person, you're not a nice person. If you person. think you're not a hipster, yeah. you're a hipster. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. That's the Damn rule it. of thumb. Sorry. Damn it. Um, Jen, What's did that? you have any uh, fears about f- physically dying when you were little? I was, yeah, I think I was, I would think about at night when I was asleep about death generally and get really freaked out. Really? Like yeah. how, what specifically, like, did you envision well, different I, ways? Well, my, my grandfather, one of my grandfathers died when I was one. And that was always intriguing that I never really knew who he was. And so I'd be like sitting in my bed and I'd be like, Grampy, if you can hear me, give me a sign. Aww. And nothing ever happened. Oh, don't Obviously. you hate that? Yeah. So I, thinking about him, I think instigated this like fascination with, that's it. And is that still how you feel? Yeah, I'm, I'm quite scared. Oh, no, I'd no. Say. I mean, like, the that's it thing. Like, would you consider yourself a, like... I do not once believe... Once we die, there's nothing yeah, else. Yeah, that's what I believe. Oh, which God. which is not comforting. See, we were ter- we were hoping that you'd, you'd come in and, and be the third, uh, the third person in the mm. room and, and, and sort of help us get out of the rut no but see you know how there's that there's that style of improv scene called two peas in a pod where you initiate the scene and you're both kind of like mirroring each other yeah so it sounds like you're the third pea in a pod pod. (laughs) i will say this i believe in supernatural stuff that that happens so that kind of throws off my theory sometimes Mm -hmm. so i don't know guys i don't know but I'm, i'm more of the the camp that yep that's it once the once the old ticker stops. So does that give you uh, more motivation to accomplish more in life? Mm. I'm definitely not one to be like you can sleep when you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> but um, 
Yeah, I think I, I think regardless of how I feel about that, I try to try to do a lot. Was uh, was your that grandfather's death like the only major death that you were yeah dealing and, with when you were little? And it wasn't it wasn't major even because I you know it sounds know terrible. Him. Yeah, I didn't I didn't know him, um, but yes. Did your how did your parents uh, talk to you about death? Okay, so this I think is super beautiful. So my mom, I was probably four or five, and my, I was asking my mother questions about Grampy, and she explained when you know when Grampy died, he went to heaven, and I was like, well, what does that look like? Because his, his body's dead, and she said, well, his soul goes to heaven, and I said, well, what's a soul? And she said, I think of it as a heart with wings, Jen. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> oh my awesome. God. Yeah, so that's that's how I think of souls. That's adorable. <laughs> yeah, it was really cute. Yeah, I remember I was in the back seat of the, the Volvo station wagon, mm-hmm. and we were... Oh, uh, a classic Volvo yeah, station wagon. Yeah, at DeLuca's convenience store. And where where is this in the country? Belmont, Massachusetts. It's uh, about 10 minutes outside Boston. Oh, uh, yep. I see you're wearing, you're wearing a Boston t-shirt right I am, now, too. I so. am, full disclosure. Go bees. <laughs> um, and... Uh, Okay. All right. So, but you generally sound like you're pretty well adjusted regarding I'm, yes. these things. I don't know. <laughs> but this is, I mean, for the listeners, Jen is a pretty, a pretty like grounded individual. I don't know. I always get a very calm vibe from Thank you. Thank you. I will say, especially among actors and performers, I seem to be much more solidly not freaking out. Yeah, I noticed that too. I noticed that too. What do you think that comes from? Is it because when you were little and you first mentioned wanting to be a performer, you got a lot of positive feedback about it? Wow. Yeah, so I was on a a podcast a few weeks ago, Mm -hmm. and one thing I talked about that I think sets me apart, especially for comedians, is I had a very happy childhood and upbringing. I know, you look like you're really guilty about (laughs) it. I am. (laughs) Because everyone, I don't know, it seems seems to be there's all these tragic things that happen, but I had a really wonderful childhood. Um, Only child? No, one of three. And where in, where in the three did you fall? Middle. Hey, me too. Yeah. <laughs> See, you're just dispelling all of the myths about middle children. Both of you, I think. Yeah. Well, aren't, aren't, isn't our reputation we're supposed to be peacekeepers and kind of go with the flow? Yeah. That's what I think. That's, what, that's how I feel. My friend Chris, he's a middle child, and he sort of does that he tries to get the gang together he tries to mm-hmm. organize their trips because they all have yes his, like, <clears throat> his brothers and sisters all have kids now mm-hmm. and they were disney kids as well and so they try to what like, does that mean you're a disney kid you grew up in florida no we would just go twice a year <laughs> like I, I could go there and it it still with all the renovations it just feels like a grandparent's house wow. because my parents just kept were obsessed with going there my father's very xenophobic he won't leave the country so he has like he has very few things that give but him also joy. The, your parents went there for their honeymoon, right? And then yes. it, be, it became like one of a those. Thing. One of those. It became a thing. Yeah. Yes. And they have so a timeshare, no? Well, yeah. At Disney? <clears throat> Are they like in the Epcot? Oh globe? no, it's uh, just outside, okay. right next to the supermarkets and the other like. The other places that have billboards that are, uh, we're right next to Disney. Like, get some of that Disney magic by going to this Jungle Gyms and getting a giant burger. Because we're next to Disney. Yeah, Disney by yeah. osmosis. Yeah. That's pretty much all of the rest of Florida. That's basically, everything right. has a stuffed animal that you could buy that represents the brand. And it's not Disney. Right. Hmm. So, it's pretty great. But, um, no, back to you. You had a, did you, were you bullied? 
in high school or middle school or anything. No, she's saying that she didn't have. Them. Listen, you can have a happy childhood and still have people treat you shittily. So, so I'm. I'm asking. I'm digging. <laughs> no, I always, I always had a lot of friends. Nice. Um, okay. Yeah. That went really well um in third grade is really cool like until third grade i only hung out with boys because uh, mm-hmm. i played all sports and, and then third grade there's like this huge influx these th- these few girls that played sports so then we were like thickest thieves yeah. through middle school and stuff and no i really i've always truly had wonderful friends great yeah and been well adjusted okay and stuff. that's amazing <laughs> and yeah. question question so what compelled you into what compelled you into performing? Because I feel like usually you do it. Well, okay. My my acting teacher Maggie Flanagan would say would say that people become actors if they uh, had a childhood that was either really really boring or really really horrible. <laughs> like that that those are the only those reasons the only why options. you would become an actor. Mm-hmm. But um, but. So what compelled you toward, like, mm-hmm. what did you feel like you needed to express that that couldn't be expressed mm-hmm. when you were younger? It wasn't not having an outlet to express myself, but I knew I loved making people laugh. Mm-hmm. I loved doing that. I remember in first grade, this girl, Lyra Navikas, she had uh, a birthday party. And the night before, I'm, there must have been a babysitter over or something, and I was up really late because I was watching Margaret Cho on Comedy Central. Amazing. <laughs> so Amazing. I was seven or so. Did you and understand what you were watching? That was the moment I it dawned on me, oh, people do this? They get, they get on a stage and they can just make people laugh? So I thought it was so funny and I recognized I enjoyed doing that. I liked making people laugh. And the next day at the, the birthday party, my, my sister is much, six years younger than me. So she was, you know, a baby one years old yeah mm-hmm. um and the night before she had <laughs> hi christina she had had really bad diarrhea oh. and her diaper overflowed oh, oh no <laughs> and she was walking down the stairs crying in this like a trail of diarrhea oh. and the next day at the birthday party i was just hamming it up and making this into a story oh, and i remember no. saying her diaper was exploding like vesuvius <laughs> 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 I don't know where I learned about Vesuvius at age seven, but I remember saying that, and I just remember loving like all these people paying attention to me and laughing. I, this sounds so pretentious, but you know Cedric the Entertainer? Yes, yes. I sort of identify like that because people say, well, are, are you a stand-up? You know, what type of actor are you? I just know that I like entertaining uh-huh. people and making them laugh. That's... Remarkable. <laughs> I, but I, it's so precious and kind of like you popped out fully formed. Yeah. I mean, so many people struggle for years. So many people in this very room struggle for years <laughs> to figure out what it is they're uh-huh. here for. Well, I, I have, I don't know how it happened, but as a, as a young woman, I have always had great, great sense of self-esteem. I've always been very comfortable God with who I am. It, I know. Jen. I don't. <laughs> I mean, shout out to my parents. I have very loving parents that always were invested in me and they're the best parents in the world. And I think that's that's a force that you can't um, underestimate the value of. Oh, well, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's everything. Yeah. Well, how, how did you, how did, so how did you turn out to be so nice then? Because <laughs> I, I really, I mean, I think it's amazing because usually the people who are the kindest and like the most compassionate are the ones who have been through it, have mm-hmm. like, you know, been emotionally 
clobbered in some way, but mm-hmm. you're so humble and Oh, thank you. That's very nice. Well, I don't know. <laughs> you you're asking <laughs> yes what is your secret please no um so you grew up you grew up near boston mm-hmm. did you go into the city a lot were you experiencing the city uh, yeah with my when i was younger with my parents and then in probably middle school high school the big thing to do was to go to like cambridge and go to fire and ice what's fire and fire ice? and ice wait what do is you it? know what, what is, is it? yes <laughs> it's literally <laughs> A buffet. All you can eat stir fry. <laughs> it's All a stir fry buffet. It's it's really it's good. Fifteen Udon, bucks. Man. You can do it like three times. Yeah. Oh, I would have done that every day. Yeah, when <laughs> we went to Boston, me and my friends. I don't know why we we used to like go, spend weekends in Boston. But that was like mm-hmm. when you're leaving. When you, when you get there, you go to Fire and Ice. When you're leaving, you go to Fire and Ice. You yeah. do it twice or two or three times in the in the trip. What's mm-hmm. the ice part of it though? It's cold first, and then they cook it. I don't know. Maybe, yeah, Maybe, yeah. Ice and fire. Yeah, it's basically. <laughs> oh, you have to go. Yeah, you have. We have to. Oh. Is it that like you 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 choose all the things and you pile them on your plate and yep. then they cook them for you? Yes. Yep. Yeah, there was a place. There was a place near where I went to college called Flat Top. Flat Top Grill. That's way less exciting than Fire Nice. But it was Fire Nice. Kind of Sounds like a club that Stefan would describe. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Fire Nice. Okay, so you went to Fire Nice. <laughs> and <laughs> what else did you do? To do a lot of uh, sports-related things. Yes, uh, my whole yes, every single one. Very. Bi- that was my whole life. Yeah. <sighs> I wish I had known you when I was younger because oh. I feel like you could have like. Awesome. Lent me some legitimacy or taught me about sports. I tried. To, <laughs> I would love to. I tried to learn about sports to. a lot. When I was in sixth uh, or seventh grade, I got into. I got really into hockey for like a couple what? of weeks. A couple of weeks only because I. Had and what a, did that look like? Being into hockey, were you playing it? Were you watching? Were you it? I was watching it. I was okay. not playing it. Okay. No, I was. I was afraid. I was so afraid of getting physically injured. I did not play any sports. <laughs> what I about, danced. What about the fighting? Did, was there something about the fighting in hockey that uh, mm. well, excited you? Well, because I, because I got into it via friends, honestly, friends who I had from Edison, like my Edison friends, Edison, New Jersey. Wow. Um, were really, really into hockey. And it was, it was kind of just another opportunity to have a crush on some guys. So like, mm-hmm. I definitely had like magazine cutouts of dudes. Mm-hmm. Uh, hockey players? Yeah, my friend was like... Do you remember which ones? Um... No, we were. Oh, I feel like when we were watching. Were you watching Pittsburgh. the Devils? No, oh. no, not the okay. Devils. So it Mario was the Lemieux? Rangers. Mario Lemieux. Yes, love Gretzky. Mario Lemieux. Gretzky. I had actually my scrapbook had like a a, a large picture of Wayne Gretzky mm-hmm. surrounded by little pictures of of Leonardo DiCaprio like in a <laughs> ring around him. It's like you're putting a circle of DiCaprio around him to make him cuter or something. No, it was a good picture of Gretzky. It was he was pretty like pretty like chiseled. It was like you know, an accent, stubble, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I was into sports right right around that time. I was into basketball, like heavy, mm-hmm. heavy into basketball. Mm-hmm. But everybody else was because Michael Jordan cannot be denied. He can't. He was really. Like, That's why I preferred college basketball. I felt like it was more exciting. Yeah, it's more unpredictable. Yeah, NBA um, is kind of like oh well, those guys know what they're doing. You almost just. Knocked her Shit coffee. Shit the bed. Yeah. <laughs> she swiped at her coffee and it moved. Um, it could have moved more, but it didn't. So, good. Yeah. Uh, six, sixth grade, that's re- usually when, like, should we try sports? There's something wrong. I don't have as many friends. Maybe I should go into sports. <laughs> but I could never play that. I mean, like, as Phil and I were discussing recently uh, with volleyball, for instance, <laughs> um, 
volleyball is terrifying for me because not only was a a ball flying at your face, but it was coming from above, you know, and that's just, and I was like a tiny person. It's not soft when it's, when somebody spikes that shit, it is not soft. (laughs) That's why they put you in the back. Did they put you in the back? Oof. No, they didn't. No, I was, I was useless in the back. (laughs) Where were you? Where'd you put? Where'd they put you? Like up close? Yeah. Oh God, no! That's terrible. And you're you're you know, vertically challenged. challenged so I don't know why they were putting you up front. Well, yeah, no, that's but it me, wasn't man. the thing where like the you would move like yeah, every time. Yeah, yeah, they would rotate every time someone would serve, and then they would rotate. So you got to see all the things. But like, I would just try to stand between other people mm. so that I could like easily kind of like accidentally Blame be them. a couple of inches out of the way, and they yeah. could sneak in. It was scary. Well, there were, yeah, more often than not, there's always going to be somebody who wants to play. Uh, believe it or not, I mean, we we, we grew up a little what? not liking sports. You're telling me somebody <laughs> likes gym class? Did yeah. you like gym class, Jen? I loved it. I did. Oh my god! I did. On top of that, at my elementary school, they offered before school sports or after school sports, and it was basically just more gym organized, oh like god. pillow and, polo oh, or pillow polo or was where I got my first bloody nose. Oh, no. From pillow polo. What is pillow polo? Okay, so there's a stick. It's like a plastic bar, and it's got two like styrofoam clubs on the ends of it. And they're supposed to be soft. That's why pillow polo, because they're foam. But like, if it's like if, a giant like, Q-tip. It, is, it looks like a giant <laughs> Q-tip. Yeah. But if somebody whacks you in the nose with with one end of that, it's Ooh. gonna bleed. And it did. I felt like. It was my first sports injury, yeah. so I felt pretty it's good It's supposed about to it. be a safer street hockey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. If it had been a regular hockey stick, I might have lost an eye, but as it was, yeah. only yeah. a bloody nose. Phew. Wow. We never we never went that far to protect ourselves because we just had... We, they just kept the hockey sticks. Like, even... We didn't have skates. We just ran around with hockey sticks mm-hmm. and smacked each other. Mm-hmm. We were, like idiots. But Jen enjoyed that. You enjoyed I that. Loved, yeah, I loved and, Jen. Shout out to Mr. Franey, who I think still teaches at Wimbrook Elementary School. Nice. Great guy. Were you always like the, the, the leader kid, like the one that the gym teacher <laughs> loved and like put you at the, the head of the team or whatever? <laughs> I, I guess kind of. Kind of they'd ask me to do stuff in gym it, is that because of your enthusiasm or because they just knew that you were a specimen full of disclosure like this entire conversation ended and <laughs> then just, began let's just open it up let's not remanufacture the moment so so Lisa asked oh shit. it was my fault I, I tripped a wire it's it'll be my fault um so you were you were good in gym yeah yeah alright great yeah great <laughs> great ooh Cut the tension with a knife. I know, yeah. No, I've I've never, I feel like I've never, I'm not going to say I've never met anybody who was was good good in gym or into gym, but like. I love acting. All of those. It's such an anomaly. All of those people who who were into it, I'm definitely not friends with now. That's why you're, Mm. I feel like I'm I'm studying you like under a glass case in a museum. Like, what an. Yeah, they're all on Wall Street or something. All those people that like gym. No, they're not. They live. Nowhere, and they are accountants. Uh, I could tell you some of them in my town have definitely died. Really? The people who like gym? Why? <laughs> Too many injuries to the head? I mean, heroin, but you know, also. <laughs> yeah, as a major druggie. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 I'm just kidding. No, you um, strike me as a pretty clean. Yeah. Pretty clean really, kid. straight, straight mm-hmm. and narrow. Very straight and narrow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, straight edge is a term. It is that a term. Been used. True. True. Yep. Are you still? Yes. 
Nice. Interesting. I, um, yeah, I don't do any drugs or alcohol. Is that because it's just served you really well so far? So yeah, kind of. Yeah, just keep it going. Have you ever had a drink? <laughs> no. Damn. Mm. Wow. My first communion, I had some wine. She gets so much done. I know. It's re- <laughs> very intimidating. It saves a lot of money in New York, that's for sure. It does. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. Are you an, a morning person? No. Oh, okay. Okay. Okay, okay, good. You're about to That's go. your one free about pass. About to just throw the I was about to kick you out of this office. <laughs> um, okay, so you were. So I'm not surprised you were a good student, and teachers liked you. And um, I want to segue into these these mm. ancient documents that you've brought in. <laughs> yes. Um, do you want to uh, introduce what you're going to share? Sure. So when Melissa uh, asked me about this podcast, I dug through, or actually my mother dug through a box of stuff, and uh, we discovered two things. First, pretty unusual, we found three letters that I wrote in fourth grade, written from the perspective as if I were a passenger or a mate on Christopher Columbus's ship. Uh Uh-huh. And I don't know the context of this. It is so specific. It must have been an assignment. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, had, I had a few of these where, like, yeah. one time we were, uh, somebody was from the point of view of Squanto. But <laughs> Squanto? Squanto's the, like, he's the Native American that found the pilgrims and, like, yeah, saved yeah, them. Okay. And then okay. got his people sick and mm. marginalized. Mm-hmm. Um, Poor Squanto. Right? Poor Squanto. He shouldn't mm-hmm. have broken that seal mm-hmm. with the, with the uh, future Americans. Yeah. But I feel like this was just, like, fact-checking to see, like, if you were pa- reading or paying attention, like, yes. putting yourself in that point of view. Yes. Yeah. There's some very specific details that are clearly lifted from reading something. Mm-hmm. And I also have, depending what we want to do, I have a letter that I wrote to my principal. It's either third or, f- no, I think it must be fourth grade. But I remember it being older, whatever. We'll call it fourth grade to mm-hmm. my principal um, asking for more recess. And he was such a lovely man. He sent me a response on official letterhead paper. Oh, we have to hear this. We have to hear this correspondence. <laughs> so that's what we have. Um, let's uh, let's begin with this Christopher Columbus sure. Uh, engagement. Sure. Okay. It's dated September twenty fourth, fourteen ninety two. Oh wow! Timely. Yeah. <laughs> Dear journal, it's September twenty fourth, and we're planning <laughs> to throw Columbus overboard. And guess who's organizing this whole thing? Me, exclamation point. Everybody on the Santa Maria is going to put Columbus in one of the Cooper's barrels at night and hoist him into the water. And I can tell you right now, journal, that I've had enough of this guy. I know I'm his servant, but he doesn't have to take advantage of it. Diego, do this. Diego, do that. I don't know why I chose Diego. Oh. Because so I mean, gender bending. You're Spanish, you know. Right. Maybe you assume there are no ladies on board. I, right. You know. Mm-hmm. That, that is historically accurate. Okay. Um, Diego, do this. Diego, do that. That's all I hear coming out of his mouth. And he's been saying, "We'll see land tomorrow. We'll see land tomorrow." Well, I sure haven't seen any land. And to oh. top it all off, I've been getting seasick. The crew and I have been at sea for 19 days. We're beginning to run out of food and good clean water. And it's all his fault. Columbus is going to pay the price for bringing Diego de Salcedo to sea. Um, so basically, this, is, this, this journal entry is what would have gotten Diego arrested should it have been found later. well i mean after, fortunately after there was the no mutiny. Mutiny. there was no internet then so this wasn't on his live diego's live journal yeah so, like, it's not- <laughs> uh 
treason. I guess it could be. I you know, know, Diego's a real sarcastic motherfucker. He, with the anaphora, the repeating things, he says an attitude. You, mu- you watch, <laughs> watch your step journal. You could be next. Right. Um, so do you have another entry or was I that? Have, I have two more. Okay, so let's hear it. The continuation of Diego. Okay. Dear Journal, it's September 29th, and the sea is as smooth as a river. I saw many flying fish, which which sometimes landed on the ship's deck. I'm writing right now, and I'm actually feasting upon fish. This is the most food I've had in a long time. Well, it turned out that I decided to call off the throwing Columbus overboard thing. I just couldn't (laughs) throw the old brute over. He had come so far yet it was too early for him to die. And let me tell you, he's doing a fine job of keeping this ship sailing smoothly. I haven't gotten seasick once today. And he's not barking as many orders at me. I'm glad I kept him on the ship. I'm pretty confident we'll soon see land. The better behavior out of Columbus, the better behavior out of all of us, I say. All right, so this is a different Diego we're seeing. I know, it it sounds like a Diego who's been paid off. Yeah. Honestly. (laughs) It's it's not genuine, yeah. It's It's, the character development. I don't know where it's coming from. Well, I mean, it really, it really was like night and day here. This Diego is so happy <laughs> as to be suspect. Yeah, it's almost mm-hmm. as if he found a fresh supply of water somehow from someone, <laughs> and was his blood sugar went back to normal, right? Uh, somehow. Well, maybe I wrote the first one <clears throat> because they weren't there yet, and the, the turn in the second is we know Columbus lands eventually, right? Yeah. So I had to spoiler alert. Spoiler alert! I had to I don't know get there somehow. Hey, we have one more. Okay. October. Oh, this is yeah. a, a much landscape landscape format, <laughs> and I want I do want to note the cursive which you were mentioning. And we have uh, before we were recording. We have even that I got a four, which is that you got a one out of four. I remember on writing assignments, I got oh. a four, and very creative. Um, and my my father signed off on it because they made the teachers check your homework. So I have Robert Keefe's signature right here. Nice. Okay. Your penmanship is beautiful. Thank you. It's not anymore. All right, October 12th. Dear Journal, the date is October 12th, and we're finally on land. Juan Rodriguez Benijo of the Pinta finally sighted land. Bless that man's little heart, I praise him. He is my God. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, at dawn, we went ashore. We were greeted by people wearing face paint. Ooh. Yikes, little 10-year-old Jen. <laughs> I'm so happy to be on solid ground. I'm so overwhelmed. I'm kissing it. I knew I could trust Columbus. Diego, come on. Our fearless leader was right. We would find the Indies. The other crew members and I are lifting Columbus and Bernijo on our shoulders. We are having a huge celebration tonight. We're going to eat fish and fruit. Here, I made up a chant. No more seasickness. No more salt water. No more Columbus being such a bother. <laughs> the end. So it, it, the twist ending is that you still harbor resentment for Columbus. Yeah, you still call him a bother. You still like sneaky that in at the yeah. end. Columbus it's, is such a bother. It's very insidious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wonder if the first entry that you wrote, you were having a really bad day and you needed to take yeah. it out on somebody yeah. and Columbus was who got the brunt of in that. In my journal. <laughs> yeah. A lot of misdirected anger. Christopher Columbus. I don't know what was going on. Did those other ones have grades on them too? No, they did not. What no uh, what year w- did you do that? Not fourteen ninety two. So it would have been um, either nineteen ninety nine or two thousand. Okay, uh, I no, did- that can't be right. We'll say nineteen ninety nine. Okay, yeah. Because when we went to school, like ninety two, ninety three, <laughs> we had different ideas of Columbus. I feel like in 
in the 90s, at the end of the decade, it was a little, the truth about how... Was starting to come out. How he presented himself and who he was mm-hmm. uh, became more apparent. Mm-hmm. Was that... Were you taught that he was not a very nice guy in your history books? Or was it I still... Don't, I don't... I think my comment about the people wearing face paint, I, I did not have a very enlightened <laughs> perspective enough. of Columbus. I think that... Um, he, he was certainly taught in my school as he discovered America. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's really America too. Vespucci. But I don't know. I think know. he was the he was the cartographer, right? He was a cartographer, but he was there first. Whatever. Dude, the Vikings were there first. Vikings were there first, but they didn't talk about <laughs> it because like they're the... fucking beasts. <laughs> no, they were just drinking their meat out of their horns, and you know. <laughs> yeah. And sailing then, to Valhalla. And meanwhile, Columbus was in Florida, and Florida's never been right since. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hence. Hence Disney. Hence <laughs> Disney. We need to make an island in a state because we don't like the rest of the state. Mm-hmm. Well, a state is just made of like swamp. So swamp and swamp people. Um, so sorry, anybody from Florida Ew. who might be listening. <laughs> they know. They're it's, it's okay. They don't bring their best. Um, it's a terrible Trump joke. Did you ever write stuff uh, on your own, like outside? Because your writing is excellent. I mean, I can't oh, believe you wrote you. that shit in fourth grade. It's like very, very well done. <laughs> thank yes. you. So, uh, did you ever, did you ever, like, have any personal ventures with writing, or you kind of just saved it for school? I, I did a lot in school. I, I didn't keep a journal. I half, half, ass kept one because Doug had one. Doug as in Doug funny. Doug funny. <laughs> yeah. But He's I never Yeah, I never really kept one on my own. Um I do now, but um I did a lot of creative writing for school like this. Let's uh let's hear this this letter to your principal. Okay. And um Oh, I'd, I'd also like to I'm planning to send this podcast along to my fourth grade teacher Mrs. Gay, who I'm still in touch with. And Excellent. She, she did a great job of challenging me and I remember she put me in a there these skill-based reading groups and it was very clear to all the students like oh this is the highest you know it's embarrassing and she put me in the top one and i was out of my league i remember we read maniac mcgee and on Mm -hmm. our vocab list was the word nonchalant Mm -hmm. in fourth grade i'll never forget that and i'll never forget that so i'm thankful mrs gay you know, a lot of a lot of teachers from people's pasts are being uh, contacted because of the show, and I yeah, I like I'd to imagine. I feel good about that circle mm, of life. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. should. That's awesome. Phil, just pat yourself on the back. Yeah, I am. Thanks. I just pat her on the back. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. No problem. All right. This and this was this an assignment or was this like you decided that you had an opinion and you were going to share it? God damn. <laughs> it's it. hard to tell. It doesn't look graded. My if this was an assignment, my guess would be persuasive writing, maybe. Mm-hmm. But there's no sort of grade or anything, so this could have just been me with an idea. Okay. It, look, the handwriting is not as good, but I think it is just earlier in fourth grade, but it's not dated. I thought I wrote this in first grade, but it's in cursive, which isn't true. Okay. Dear Mr. Weinstock, I have about a hundred things that can make the world better. This is <laughs> one of them. <laughs> More recess, exclamation point. I suggest you soften, soften up your rules about recess. I barely get time to eat my snack and play. Would it hurt to add five minutes to morning recess? It would be good for us and the teachers. We wouldn't be jumping in class. Um, I can't really. We wouldn't be jumping in class. It would be a lot more calm and relaxed. I think it would be great to have five minutes extra recess. We would cooperate better, even if we should now. 
would get a chance to get more fresh air. Just give me a sign if you change your mind, <laughs> Jen. <laughs> Sorry, I stumbled. It's hard to read there. No, that's cool. <laughs> so his response, and then we can talk Give about me him. a sign. So this is on letterheaded Wimbrook School paper, December 10th, 1999. There we go. Dear Jen, I thought I'd better reply soon to your letter since so many people in your class asked me about my response. Oh, damn. I love that. I rallied the troops. I guess full on political. Like a <laughs> yeah. You provide some persuasive reasons for extending recess by five minutes. I must inform you, however, that this cannot happen. One of the reasons why this cannot happen is that all elementary schools in the state of Massachusetts are required to have 900 hours of instruction during the 180 days of the school year. We are not allowed to include such things as lunch, recess, packing or unpacking bags, walking through the halls to specials, etc. as part of this time. Also, as you know, we have 11 or 12 early dismissals days each year. As it stands now, we should probably be having a couple minutes less of recess. I do not think that would be good since it is important to get fresh air and move around. Keep in mind that you are in school for at most about six hours per day on five days a week. That leaves about 138 hours out of 168 hours in a week that you are not in school. Hopefully some of that time is used to get to play and get fresh air. Like the shade he's throwing. Yeah, a lot of shade. A lot of shade. Really? I mean, yeah, I mean he's, sleep. he's addressing you like you're an, an adult, though, I will say. Yes, which is laying commendable. Laying out the facts. <laughs> in terms of your comment about students being less jumpy in class, as a result of more recess, perhaps Miss Gay would allow you a moment to do jumping jacks before getting to work, if you think that might help with this issue. Now, here's the most poignant part of this for me. Thank you for writing to me with your suggestion. One of my concerns about recess is kids who do not have a happy time at recess because of how other kids treat them. If you have any ideas about how to address this problem, please let me know. Sincerely, Mr. Weinstock. You know, this letter, if if given today to a student, that guy would have gotten fired for all the shade he threw at kids. (laughs) But because he treated you like an adult and then was like, this is why I can't do this. Mm -hmm. In fact... You it's guys, amazing that it's he very did that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then he like enlists you or entrusts you with something very Greater. important. Yeah. I know. It's in- this is amazing. Is he still around? Do you know? Yes, he is. My mother and father actually just ran into him at a book reading for Mrs. Gay's son, who, shout out, Jason Gay is an incredible columnist in the Wall Street Journal. Amazing. Mm-hmm. And they, yeah, they saw Mr. Weinstock at this uh, book signing. Wow. that It's uh, a great letter. And... Very telling of at least the way that we talk to kids in the 90s, for better or for worse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that's great. I, yeah. I would have appreciated to be talked to that way. I same. mean, like the same reason why I hated babysitters for the most part was that they talked to me like I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm a grown up. Yeah, give me, the, give me yeah. the tough talk. Yeah, just speak to me like a peer, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I appreciate that a lot. And that's very cool. And I don't feel like people had that kind of relationship with the administrators mm-hmm. in, in the public schools in my mm-hmm. town. Mm-hmm. Not that there were, not that they were nasty people. I just don't feel like there was any kind of like communication like mm-hmm. that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lovely. He was very special. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. I remember the next principles, the su- successors were not as beloved. Have you ever considered work like being a, a school something? Yes, in a absolutely. School? Absolutely. In high school, when starting to think about college, it was either pursuing comedy or teaching high school English. Yeah, and I, I worked at a I've worked at a summer school for two years, um, Wolfboro Summer School. 
So I, I, I've worked a lot with kids. Because I feel like you really just were showered with gifts in terms of <laughs> your upbringing and having this positive experience. And most yes. people like run for the hills yes. screaming, you know, out mm-hmm. of their schools. Definitely. And, uh, mm-hmm. You had such a nice, such a nice time. Mm-hmm. I did. I liked, I liked going to school. Did you ever, did you ever, um, I mean, I guess if you were super happy then there was no reason to <laughs> think outside of the box, but did you... Just as a closing note, mm-hmm. was there any activity that you enjoyed doing or that you did once or a hundred times outside of school that um, that was different or was something that was like? Does this make sense? What I'm saying? No. Okay. No, 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 I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Is there something that you did a hundred or one times, hundred and one times in school that? No, outside of outside. school. An activity outside of school. Because I ask as somebody who also didn't have like a super ton of uh, things that I did that weren't school or extracurricular mm-hmm. activities because mm-hmm. I was such a, you know, type A kind of student mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. too. But but I think that's the most interesting. Like ways that you find to uh, let off steam or express yourself mm-hmm. when you're not under the watchful gaze of someone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, sports and playing with my friends was was what I chose to do, even when it wasn't required. Yeah. Um, I grew up across the street from the Connors family. They had four kids: mm-hmm. Kevin, Sean, Cameron, Elizabeth. Hey guys. <laughs> and um, you know, in the summer, on the weekends, I'd wake up, knock on their door, and we'd play till the sunset. You know, street hockey, capture Always the flag, basketball. Yes, just I, it was an awesome neighborhood. A lot of kids. Did you guys have cookouts and stuff in the summer? Yes. When oh, we had this I'm so epic, jealous. Oh, my God. Listen, you got to come over. We had this epic block party once a year mm-hmm. that was insane. I remember they had a, a best leg competition for all the men in the neighborhood and this huge joke. What? And they, the winner got this, like, Christmas story-esque statue of Lamp. a calf. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so how did they how did they administer this contest? They Everyone went into a garage. And they lifted the garage up just so you could see the legs. And there were judges. <laughs> and I remember my mom would, you know, point to the different contestants with a yardstick. And you know, the judges would, I don't know, offer the I think commentary. you lived in the Wonder Years. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did live in the Wonder Years. I'm coming over. Mm-hmm. So uh, <laughs> extracurricular activities, we're going to go with uh, judging legs. Judging legs. Judging legs. Oh, one thing I, I remember, I was really young, maybe even in preschool, and I was playing with like, I loved animals and I was playing with little dogs, like little plastic dogs. Mm-hmm. And I would enact conversations and what they were doing. And I remember my mom came in and sat down. She's like, Jen, why don't you say, you know, show me how you play with the dogs. And I felt like really exposed and I didn't want to say yeah. what the things they were saying. I mean, it was just anything a kid would I do. I know, but that was your private, like you were <laughs> you were processing something in mm-hmm. that time. Like, and that's that's interesting because even if you weren't saying anything illicit, you know. No, no. When I when I was 4, mm-hmm. so I didn't I didn't eat when I was like super little, oh, no. and it turned out that it was because I was picky, but my parents thought I had an eating disorder when I was oh, 4. <laughs> so they sent me to a therapist, Dr. Madigan. When you're 4? Yes, which she broke him. Her. Her. Uh, no. It, no. Uh, my parents were just super paranoid. Surprise, surprise. But, surprise, surprise. But um, I remember, like, that's what that's what therapy was for me when you're four. She had, like, a room with, like, all these different mm, toys. The play and therapy. And I would just play with them, and she would watch me, which, in hindsight, is really fucking creepy. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, I would, like... 
can't be yourself. I would have like my dolls like make out with each other and like mm-hmm. other things like at home. Like mm-hmm. when no one's watching, you just you're processing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But as soon as there was like a watchful eye outside yeah. of me, I you know you, you're gonna change it. It's like mm-hmm. when you look at cells in a petri dish, or what is it? You know when you look at cells in a petri dish, they they act differently from if they're not being viewed. This is a science thing. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, that's really cool. <clears throat> uh, interesting, interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that didn't scare you from from publicly performing later in life. <laughs> no, it so. did not. No, it did not. Well, Jen, I wanna I wanna give you a gift um, from my uh, youth. Wow. No, no, don't get excited. All the gifts that we give our guests are always um, something that That's was just like kind of lying around my house mm-hmm. that uh, that is now um, kind of defunct, but uh, but it it brings back. I'm so excited. Stuff. So for you, I have. This is a pen. It's on a keychain, and uh, it's got like mm. glitter and like baubles inside. Yeah. There used to be some kind of like gel or yeah, water where they exactly. split around, mm-hmm. but now there isn't, so mm-hmm. it's just kind of gross. The pen may or may not work, but Thank that you. said, it's pretty. Thank you so much. This <laughs> is such ugly. a such a treasure. You can put it on your Christmas tree. Try. It Absolutely. may or may not work. Yeah. Does little, it work? It's a little little dry. Yeah. Wow. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank, you. <laughs> Thank you, Jen. Thank you for coming on our show. Yeah. Thanks for coming. Thank yeah. you for having me. And for uh, for all you people out there, all you people out there, if you have um, if you have historically accurate or inaccurate um, journal entries that you wrote to uh, explorers, we want to hear about it. <laughs> and visit us at thebitchseatpodcast.com. Yeah. And uh, next show, April twelfth at QED, nine p.m. Come and check it out. Yeah. Have a good school week, you guys. (laughs) That's some crunchy fucking chicken. That's that's never gonna be a thing. Hi guys, this is Chelsea. This is Evan. And we're the hosts of Call Us Crazy, a podcast all about diagnosable disorders, because I have Tourette. I have obsessive compulsive disorders. So we're very, very passionate about destigmatizing and normalizing these and other disorders. We want to entertain and enlighten. Evan, how many glasses of whiskey have you had today? I have had zero, and I'm going to a holiday party, so I'm going to fix that. Well, what you have, though, been drinking. I've had wine. Okay. And did you just, or did you just not peer pressure me into drinking wine with you? Um, I wanted to drink with you, so I nudged you in that direction. (laughs) Fair enough. What would you do if one day you went home and there was no whiskey left in the world? I'd be bummed out, and I would hope that there was room on my credit card to get more. But what if it didn't exist anymore, Evan? Um, I would have, I would drink more wine. Okay, that's a good answer. Tune in to Call Us Crazy. This has been an Atlantic Transmission production. Hey!